Hi there. Welcome to the New Life Live podcast. Steve here. Since 1988, New Life has been transforming lives one life at a time. Now our goal is to provide you with wisdom from God's Word to give you hope and help in life's most difficult places. One way that we do this is through the live program that we share with our listeners here on the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to ask our panel of counselors and psychologists, call us at 1-800-229-3000, Monday through Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Now let's go to today's podcast episode. Hi there. Welcome to New Life Live. Really glad that you're with me. I'm glad that with me, Mark Cameron. Mark, how are you today? How's it going? Well, Steve, how are you? I'm doing all right. And then Dr. Alice Benton, one of the... One of the best psychologists, I think, around, bright mind, deep faith, raising children. I mean, what you just can't get any better than that. And my youngest just turned six, which sounds like so long, and I can't remember what life was like before him. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Well, I, um, I heard a quote a couple Sundays ago from a guy named J. Vernon McGee, and our, uh, our pastor, Aaron Brockett, was the one that said this quote. I used to listen to J. Vernon McGee. Um, he His radio program continued long after his death. He had so much support. Oh. So I used to joke that tomorrow we're going to have J. Vernon McGee on the program <laughs> if, we, if we can get a hold of him. And he'd been dead about 15 years. But anyway, listen to this great quote. J. Vernon McGee said this, This is God's universe, and he is doing things his way. Now, you may think you have a better way, but you don't have a universe. <laughs> I just think that's <laughs> so true. It's just like when you get your own universe, it can all go your way. But here's the thing. No, it it isn't perfect, and his way is difficult. Mm. But it really isn't the way of the Garden of Eden. It isn't really the the way things were set up. It was rebellion of our hearts, the freedom to choose that set us up and out into a fallen world. And, you know, sometimes God is blamed for things that are just a result of a world where evil exists. It's horrible. And we need to be really careful about our theology about, well, did God cause this or did God allow this? And are we angry at God because he didn't cause something? He allowed it, but we think he caused it. I get both being angry that he allowed it, and also angry thinking he caused it. But God doesn't cause evil to take place. Can't do that. And, and a lot of us Christians don't know that we have permission and it's healthy to express the anger that we have towards God because of what we have been mm-hmm. through. And by the expressing of it, we tend to be able to work through it, resolve it, and reconnect with God. But that's a necessary part of the counseling and the healing process. Mm-hmm. I just know this. No matter what you do, have done, or done to you, God loves you. Now, there are a lot of reasons you may not feel that love, but it's always there. It's always there. Well, and it's okay for us to express and question, too. There's plenty of scriptures in the Bible, plenty of parts where people question God and say, why did you do this? Why are you doing that? And it's part of lamenting. Right. And then here's something. A man named Abraham had so much faith that when God said, I want you to sacrifice your only begotten son, Abraham had so much faith, he went to where that was supposed to happen with his son. 
put him in the altar. And you know what? Abraham's faith was so strong that he thought, well, if I kill my son, God's got the power to bring him back to life. In other words, it's all about God. I just need to do what God wants me to do. But, but I sure have wondered if Isaac needed a therapy session after that. <laughs> the poor kid for him to have to go through that. Oh, I want to give him a I session. I am believing, I'm believing that Abraham sat down with this boy and said, let me tell you what just happened. And um, no matter what, God was never going to abandon you. And God loves you. Now that you've been through this, like a lot of people, some of the really tough experiences of life make them better and stronger for the future. We'll be back right after this. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. We're back. Steve Arterburn here. We're going to go to calls, but I want to I want to read something to you real quick. This is year end, and uh, we we would love for your support. There, there's a man and a woman who I love these people, and they have supported us. And here's here's what they say is why New Life Ministry was instrumental in saving our marriage and continues to be a resource for us when dealing with various stresses that life throws at us. The ease of access for help as well as the many events for connection, counsel, make New Life Ministry as special as the individuals that work there and serve there. And so they support us. If you never thought about supporting us, i got to tell you, we, we thrive on discovering people that need help and helping them. And turning really crummy things into good things. A few weeks ago, you might have heard me talk about this young woman, Mia, who was in a psychotic state and now is um, restored. Well, her parents adopted her out of a Lithuanian uh, orphanage. And when she felt like she was trapped in this psych hospital because she had all these symptoms and good benefits for insurance, she said, you know, I think probably... The thing that got me through that time was the fact that I had been in this orphanage and I learned to survive there. I said, Mia, I I don't know of anybody I've ever heard talk about something good coming out of being in one of those orphanages, but you did it. You turned it around. That's what God does. He helps us. Oh, my goodness. He loves us, and he's ready to take that little mustard seed of faith and turn it into something quite amazing. Let's go to Mary, Marstown, New Jersey, W-F-I-L. Hi, how are you today? What's going on? Hi, um, I'm fine. Um, I am I'm sort of at my wit's end about my daughter. Okay. Um, my daughter is about 33, and she has um, the uh, borderline personality disorder and anxiety, depression, ADHD, all those things. Mm-hmm. And she's been on her own. Um, I hadn't even talked to her for a while, and almost a year ago she reached out, and and I helped her to get to a good program, and then uh, sort of, you know, she thought she could get her life together, but things have been 
going downhill. Like she's delusional. She's um, she's even had a couple seizures. And mm-hmm. at this point, I'm like, look, you can't do your finances on your own. Can't function on a normal basis. And I've been trying to su- support her temporarily till she got her feet on the ground. And I don't. I I can't do that anymore. It's not helping. First of all, it's expensive, but also I can't do it because she's getting worse. And she's yeah. then she's blaming, she's manipulative. You're right. And actually, and even right now, she's up here because her psychiatrist asked if I could just keep her with me uh, just a few days to see if that would help because she was been going downhill. She wants nothing to do with me calling for uh, um, mental health hotlines or anything. And I'm, I'm very active, like my faith is very strong and I, and I've been struggling and I, a friend suggested, she said, you know, you can call them. It's okay. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I don't, I don't know what to do at this point. I'm, she's like, I'm going to leave, you know, whatever. Okay. So, I have some ideas, but I want to hear what Alice and Mark think is the best thing to do when you have this out-of-control situation, all these different symptoms, and Mm -hmm. nothing is getting better. Mark, let's start with you. Yeah, well, I'm so glad you did call in, Mary. This is a really difficult situation when you have a family member who's diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. It's very, very challenging because oftentimes... They self-sabotage and, uh, and yeah. they're unpleasable. And that really leaves yeah. you kind of in a bind because you're doing all of these efforts, but it doesn't matter what you do, ultimately it gets self-sabotaged and they're not happy. And, right. I mean, at this point she's 33 years old, and so she's an mm-hmm. adult. And I I do, you know, yes, she is your daughter, but she's also an adult now. And so you are going to have to differentiate between, you know, how much responsibility you have for her and how much responsibility you have to her. And at this point, I think what you can do is find some boundaries for yourself. And she's going to have to learn how to um, navigate those boundaries around what you're willing to um, uh, put up with. And, and I suggest finding a support group because, again, there's many people like you who are in this situation, and and it really takes others in a group with you who can kind of empathize and, and validate and help offer um, um, things that they may have done in those situations, too, and then to keep you strong to hold your boundaries, too. And Alice. Right now, it's a very imminent situation mm-hmm. in the fact that um, as I said, she well, she had been in the hospital because she, and it was released, but she's not doing well. Yeah. And as mm-hmm. I said, I was asked to stay with me, and right now we had we had a I don't know what you want to call it. I asked her, you know, what are her plans today? Is she going to the appointment, the, the therapist appointment they set up tomorrow? And that we got a huge, I got a huge explosion and a. Um, I, I'm going to leave. And, okay. Uh, so that we know that fine. these things happen no. all the time in these situations. Alice, what do you think might provide the most hope for the daughter, certainly, and Mary? There are a couple of things to consider, Mary. 
you may have to let her go and let her hit a lower, more painful bottom than she has previously hit. Sometimes, as you know, that's what it takes for a person to be willing to get help. Sometimes they're never willing to accept help. And as a mother, oh, it just breaks your heart to let your child go out and suffer more. But that might be necessary and she may have the right to choose that. Now, if her mm-hmm. mental health is so deteriorated, there may also be the legal route to a conservatorship. It doesn't sound like she will participate in that with you or no. cooperate. Correct. But she if not. she is suicidal, if she's threatening violence, or if she's so gravely disabled that she can't take care of herself, then a, a, a conservatorship can be acquired through a court process. And NAMI, the National Alliance for Mental Illness, is a, is a group that can help to get you going on that process towards conservatorship. The last thing I would attempt before going these other routes, though, is to find out if you have any leverage that interests her, some sort of a, a reward, so to speak, that interests her, and I would try, it, it will, I'll pay you if you'll go to therapy, or I'll allow you this privilege if you'll go to therapy to see if, kind of a last-ditch effort, would she cooperate based on that? And if not, you probably have to mm-hmm. take these other routes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So all of this is good. I want to kind of sum it up maybe with a little flavoring, to the, and it would be this. When is her best time of day? Oh, boy. Uh, well, it's not morning. It's, you know, Okay, so don't do this day. in the morning. Don't do it in the morning. Right. But do it in the, at the best time possible. So here's the deal. Mm-hmm. You say to her, I want to talk with you. I'd just like you to give me a few minutes, and uh, I'll listen to anything you want to say after that. But I've been thinking. Everything we've tried, it, it isn't working very well. And so, I want to continue to support you. I want to have a plan to support you, but you're going to have to cooperate with me. You don't want me to call hotlines and all that. I'm not going to do that. That's kind of foolish. I'm going to find the best help available for what you have. This this conglomeration of symptoms and diagnoses, I'm going to find the best go online, I'm going to ask, I'm going to call, I'm going to find the best. And then I'm going to find a way for you to be helped by the best. So if you have to borrow the money, if you have to ask somebody to give it to you, whatever, you tell her, I'm going to find the best. And then when you find it, you tell her this is the best. But Here's I how did we that can... already. I sent okay. her to the but, five months. Okay. But it wasn't the best. It wasn't the best. It wasn't the best. It didn't fix it. It didn't fix it. No. And but so, right now she's gotten like. Is it okay to just let her? No, it is not walk okay. Out the door. No, I don't think so. I think you need to have a plan if she's going to walk out the door. It's one thing for her to walk out the door because she's so sick that she walks out the door. You can't control that. I wouldn't throw her out. I would say, no, here's no. our, here's the plan. And the plan is mm-hmm. that this resource you went to, it didn't help. So I found another resource. And the people I talk to say, this is the place to go. This is the place that gets you the most help. And so I want you mm-hmm. to go there. I'm going to find a way to finance it. You talk with the facility, whatever. 
But you want to do that. You want to be able to say you found the best resource for what she has. And then you encourage her to go. And if she goes, you tell her when you get out, you come right back here. We work on this. And by the way, while you're there or while they're working with you, I'm going to work on me. Because obviously I haven't helped. So I'm going to do some things differently. And together we're going to be different people here in a few months. And we're going to be enjoying life no matter what has happened before. We're going to be able to pick today up every day and make the best of it and enjoy life. Versus this, this is horrible for us. That's what I want to do with you. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go in the other room now and I'm going to begin my search. And I do that. Mm -hmm. And when she says Uh whatever she's going to say, you say, well, look, I hear you. You'll have to leave and go gripe and complain somewhere else I'm going to go do my search Mm -hmm. because I'm going to do my part and I hope that that might Mm -hmm. inspire you to do your part so Mm -hmm. that's all you can do see but predicting her reaction and doing nothing that isn't helpful so you do it you do it and then when she reacts try to figure out what to do (laughs) with that reaction but she might be at a place when you're ready with the resource where she finally surrenders and said, okay, I'll, I'll do it. I'll go. I'll cooperate. Alice? And Mary, if you're, if you're so certain that she's going to reject all offers of help, then you might just have yeah. lined up the Salvation Army Adult Rehab Facilities can be there very helpful. They give you yep. a place to stay, treatment, and a place to work. Or a local mission that you have researched and have prepared in advance so that if she insists on leaving, you can at least say, hey, I, I can drop you off at one of these places. If you're going to go, I want to get you to a safe place. Be prepared that she may reject that as well. But it can help yeah. your heart as a mom to be able to offer that. Right, because I don't think she's in a position where right now she can, like, work and be on her own, and yet what I'm doing, she's physically, she's getting worse, like, um, uh, psychologically. Right, so her working doesn't work because she can't do that. You supporting her doesn't work. Doesn't work. So we have to have treatment rather than the work or non-work support options that's what i'm trying to say is that there's another option here and let's don't assume anything let's just go do it i'm telling you but mary you had cancer you'd be on you'd be looking for the best cancer surgeon ever and so now we need to look for the best but but i also think mary too you get into a support group as i mentioned alice was talking about nami you can nami you can search their website and you can see do they have support groups in the in the area because that will help you you know, with, you know, understand what your experience is when you have others walking alongside you. Yeah, I've been struggling with this and I have their number. I have Mm -hmm. like five, four different phone numbers of places to call that. um, And, and, and I just wasn't really, I'm not familiar with them. It's, this is out of my realm of a finance person. I have no experience. Mary, Mary. Yeah. Are you going to call somebody? Are you going to call them now? Yeah. Okay. So glad you called, call and now right you're now. going to call them. We wish the best. I want to hear what happens with her. And I'm praying that there's restoration like there was for this mother and Mia when she went after the number one best resource for whatever it is you have. Mary, we pray for you. Thankful she has you. 
It's really never, ever easy. We'll be back after this. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Hey, this is Dr. Daniel Lehman. I want to just congratulate Steve and the whole New Life Ministry team. I've been grateful to be part of it over the years on your 35th anniversary. Amazing. Continuing to do God's work to help so many people. Congratulations. Oh, man, I tell you, Dr. Amen, do you realize how many people he's helped? Uh And I have to tell you, I may not be on the program right now. Some of you might Mm. think that'd be a blessing, but uh, (laughs) I I might not be here if it wasn't for him and Dr. Sherry Keffer saying you ought to go see him and and the supplements. I, I took them this morning from him for my brain. So thank you, Dr. Amen. Appreciate that. You know, we love getting to do this. 35 years. Can you believe it? 35 years we've been doing this, and we would like to do it for another 35 plus if Jesus doesn't come sooner, mm-hmm. as my mother would always mm-hmm. say. And so to do that, we'd love for you to help us. And if you could, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE and tell them you will. We've had such amazing, amazing support from people, people that well, in the letter that I sent out to everybody on the list, and if you're not on the list, you could get on the list. But I told the story of the guy that emptied his bank account of his last $7.50 because he heard us on radio and realized how many people were being reached by this program. Oh. The only counseling wow. that some people ever hear about. Mm-hmm. And he said, here, take it. You know, um, sometimes you wonder, could I give too much? I can't think of a downside to that. The The downside would be if you gave thinking that you'd get more money back or something. That's your thinking. Go to Las Vegas. Bet it rather than give it. <laughs> but God loves a cheerful giver, and he says, test me. Just see if I don't return with massive blessings in your life. Test me. Can't even count how many blessings. That doesn't mean finances. It means blessings, and there are a lot of people that have given to us sacrificially, and they are receiving that blessing, and, the, and we're grateful. The research on happiness shows that when we give, it does benefit our mood, our sense of well-being, and so we, we God has designed us that we automatically benefit when we're willing to give. That was one thing that got me out of my miserliness and out of my yeah. fear, <laughs> yeah. just choosing to believe that. And you know, anybody thinking that tithing is an Old Testament uh, concept, I've heard that before. You should know that Jesus said you should tithe. So if it came out of the words of the mouth of Jesus, I don't think that it's an Old Testament concept. I think that makes it a New Testament concept. Because Jesus said to these big shots that wore the cute hats, um, Pharisees, they were tithing. And then using that as an excuse not to support the family. And he said, his words. Well, of course you should tithe. That's the mouth of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But you better take care of these people, too. He said it. Of course you should tithe. So he didn't say, quit tithing and take care of your family. He could have said that if he didn't believe in tithing. He could have said, tithing's an Old Testament concept, so be sure you take care of these people. <laughs> no, he said, you should tithe. Take care of them also. Any help you can give, call us 1-800-NEW-LIFE. We are very grateful for that. 
How about we go to Lou, Columbus, Ohio, right down the road, Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Hi there. Hi. Hi Lou. How you doing? Hi there. How are? Can you hear me? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I had a sister who we moved from the West Coast to Ohio in 2022, and um, she was kind of going downhill and was was in a facility, mm-hmm. and um, they, my brother, who was going to be her executive, did bring a lawyer in, and she made a will, and shortly thereafter, my brother put all her money in his name, and so now she died at the end of 2022, and... Um, my two brothers are saying, well, what she really wanted was for all the money to go to the grandnieces and nephews. And the will doesn't, the will leaves this, everything to her three, three siblings. So, you know, what my brother's doing is what he thought he heard her say that she wanted, and he's doing absolutely nothing that was in the will. Okay, and I'm so- wondering, how does, God, how does God look at that situation? Well, I think God wants the right thing done. Yes. Yeah. So the right thing is to do what your mother wants as reflected in a legal document. The big yeah. question is, since he's but, not doing that, by the way, do you have any of those nieces and nephews? I have three. Mm-hmm. And what he's going to do is divide it up between 15 different ones. Uh-huh. One was a friend of hers. Mm-hmm. How, how, and, many, um, um, how many nieces does he have? And of those nieces, how many does he own? <laughs> he has five. So okay. See, that's not fair, he, is it? He, you have three, he has yeah, five. He's, so, he's got to win. He so here's win. the question we're going to answer when we come back. And I think Alice ought to be the She's a legal whiz on this stuff. <laughs> what do you do as a Christian when the will says one thing and the executor is doing something else? That's what we want to deal with here. You're listening to New Life Live and we really care about you greatly, so much so that we do these intensives for transformation. We love transformation because, see, that means everything's going to be different, not just for a while because the heart has been changed in every man's battle December 1 through 3 lose it for life online January 27 today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very very difficult places to find out more about Club New Life you can go to our website newlife.com or call one 800 new life now if you're new to us we drop an episode every weekday we would love it if you would rate or write a review which helps more people discover help and hope and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible now let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. 
Now back to New Life Live. We're back, and Lou, it wasn't her mom that died. Of course, it was her sister who died. Had a will. Brother's the executor. Oh, my goodness, he's not doing what mom said she wanted done in the will. Sister. Sister, I mean. Isn't it amazing how we can all be getting along, and then money enters the picture? Yes. Now, that isn't the case with my brother and I. But in this case, like so many we hear, money becomes a big area of conflict. Alice, what do you think she ought to do? I know you read a legal magazine one time, so you know <laughs> these things. Well, what is it? you fellows feel free to disagree with me if you think this is off. But, Lou, I think about a couple of biblical principles where God says when we have a problem with somebody else, we should try to address it individually first. Yeah. And if that doesn't resolve it, we bring along a witness. The Bible also says if, if we're amongst believers, we should try to settle things outside of court if at all possible. So, so you make these other attempts first, but if they do not work, then you can seek legal recourse and you can get a consultation with an attorney so that your sister's wishes that went into writing are honored. And then as the siblings, if they want to give it to their children, they can feel free to do that if your be- brother believes that that was what she said. But what she wrote is what I believe has the legal standing. Yeah. Mark, you have a thought yeah, here? That, Lou, uh, is, it, is it just you and your brother, or, or are there other siblings, too, involved here? Um, I have, there are two brothers, and they, mm-hmm. they say, oh, well, you heard her say that. And they shame me for saying mm-hmm. that that's not what the will says. Oh, so, so your brothers are in agreement with the brother who's the executor. Right. There's two of them mm-hmm. against me. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So no, I think Alice is right on here. Is is being able to? I have been to a lawyer. What he's doing, I mean, it's legal because he signed everything into his his mm. name. Oh, that's what that's what's making it hard. You know, I would have to make a big fuss and a fight and go to court, which I'm not going to do. Right. So I, I think what Alice is saying is right here. Right. Is is you know, see if you can have a meeting with your brothers to talk it out. Um, but you may well, have to, de- you know, if you have. if you think you don't have any other legal recourse, you may have to decide, you know, what is this worth it, right? Is this worth risking the right. relationship with what everybody is going to get? And sometimes, sometimes life isn't right. fair in that way, and we've got to choose, you know, to do good, right, versus being right. right. Okay, doing good and, and being right okay. are not always the same thing. Let me uh, throw, I believe, the proverbial monkey wrench into the Mm. mix, okay? And that is sometimes by not forcing a person to do the right thing, we end up enabling their evil. And I'm just wondering, rather than say, you know, we're going to go to court, I'm wondering if you could... If things don't go your way, rather than go to court, you contact uh, one of these Christian ministries like Peacemakers, um, or before that, you ask a pastor to come with you to help. But you let these brothers know that it's just absolutely not right. And they know it's not right. It's not fair. It's not what's written in the will. And um, and so you just continue. You don't back down on what is right. And you continue to press 
for a resolution to come that is fair and in keeping with that written document. That's what I would do. Okay, so we don't agree on this. Um, Then the next time, I'd like to have a meeting with you, and I'm going to bring somebody with me. And that person tries to help them see what is the right and fair thing. That doesn't work. Then you ask them to be part of a peacemaking resolution, which is kind of like Christian mediation. That doesn't work. Then you go to a secular meeting. But I wouldn't let this rest. I just wouldn't be upset about it. I'd realize that right. that these things happen all the time. But I, I'd have a this thing over here, this expectation. I wouldn't let that down because I don't think it's fair at all. Right. And Lou, lay lay these options out in prayer, inviting God's voice, inviting the Holy Spirit to direct you, because there's not one right way to do this. And God might show you which is the best battle to pick here, and where is it better to surrender and back off? And and if you hang up and you feel like God's really leading you in a way that is different than what we've said, I'd go with God myself. (laughs) I I think that, because I just hate to see people taken advantage of, you know? Right. And because right. somebody thinks, oh, well, you know, she'll never fight this. She'll eventually go along with this. But it, it really isn't, really isn't fair. I'm so sorry you're having to deal with this. Yeah. So I'm going to. Well, um, thank you. All right. Hold on. I want to send you healing as a choice because you need to make some choices that are healing because these guys are tough. By the way, if you ever get in a situation where you're in charge of finances, please. Wake up every morning, get on your knees and say, God, help me to do what you would do about this situation, Mm -hmm. not what I would want Mm -hmm. to do. You know, I was just talking to my wife about the 11th step in in the 12-step programs. And you reach a point in the 11th step where you're praying to God only to know his will. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? And And then, of course, you want the strength and wisdom to carry it out. I'm talking to God whining, I'm I'm begging. <laughs> I want to be that guy. God just show me what you need, what you want. That's it. All right, let's go back to the phones. Wayne, Washington DC. W A V A is the station. We love that station as we do any station that'll carry this program. How are you, Wayne? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. It's just I just have a 36-year-old daughter that lives in my house. Okay. She has um, she has four kids. Um, one is 20. I mean, they're twins that are 20. Okay. And going to college, but they, she has one to seven and one is eight. We're okay. totally taking care of them. She's in denial of her drug addiction. Um. She goes and stays a day or two at a time and don't even come home uh, to even check on her children. Uh, she used to steal from us until I set some boundaries. If anything else leaves this house, you, you're getting out of here. Um, I'm at my wit's end with this. I, I don't know what else to do. The kids walk to the door every evening looking for her to come home. And she don't even come home. Don't have no excuse why she's not coming home. 
she lies to us about money to get drug money. Well, you wouldn't ever um, give her any money now, would you? No, well, you know, she has a cash app. And she's claiming she, she got a DUI uh, about a year ago. Uh-huh. She said, well, I'm paying this and that. So he, I just, I said, from now on, by giving the money, I need receipts. I need to, you know, I need to, to be, you know, better manage Wayne, that. Wayne? Yes. yes. No money. Okay. No money with receipts. Okay. You say to her, we're not getting anywhere. Your children, they're just staring out the door waiting for you to come home. So, here's what we're going to do. We're going to find a place for you to get help, and you're going to get help. Or, we're going to file with Child Protective Services to have conservatorship of your children. And you're going to be living on the street. Okay. But, you're going to have to be convinced, Wayne that that literally is the most loving thing you could do for her, not to her, but for her and for her children. You're going to have to reach that mindset to say, that is love. Giving her money and her giving me a receipt is supporting her drug habit. When you give her money to buy one thing and she gives you the receipt, now she's got money to go buy the drugs. I got you. She might as well buy the drugs and give you the receipt. I got you. I got you. But you got you. The got only you. way you're going to help these children is to be willing to take care of them or or get child protective services involved, and to be sure that she doesn't snatch them away in the middle of the night, and make it worse. But she needs to be literally coming to the end of herself as soon as possible so that she can be there in a year or six months for her kids because she got well. That's what I want to see happen. Now, Mark and Alice argue with me all the time off the air, and so they may have some different (laughs) views here, and we'll get to what they're thinking might be the most helpful thing here, but I I just don't want these children to be without their mother. And in this day and age, there is no reason for them to be without a mother. Such great yeah, and wonderful, yeah. God-filled help available. We'll take a break. We're going to come right back for more New Life Live. I'm so glad you're with us here. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. We're back, and we're talking with Wayne and he loves his grandkids, and he loves his daughter, and we want to help him do the best thing. And Mark, you have some thoughts here. Yeah, I think what you're saying here is right, Steve. Um, this is a, a really hard thing to do, even though it, it can sound a little bit simplistic in, in how Steve is saying it, Wayne. Um, oftentimes in therapy, we say this. Uh, we say, you know, people change when the benefit of change exceeds the benefit of staying the same, right? And so 
our motivations to change are either internal or they're external, right? We either have this drive within us that says, I want to do this, or we have a circumstance that happens to us where it says we have to do this. And that's where Steve is going with this, is to create this circumstance for your daughter because she doesn't have that internal drive, right? So that she can see that if she continues to do what she she's going to do, it's going to come at a cost. And it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to to say this to her mm-hmm. and to even to even uh, to call uh, child protective services. Um, but it's the right thing to do, I think. And Wayne, as you watch that seven and eight year old go to the door to mm-hmm. look for their mm-hmm. mama, oh, Painful. one of the the best things you can do for them is the paradox of actually not allowing their mother to have access to them until she's getting treatment, until she's testing sober, until she's showing you that she's trying to become a mother who's safe to be around them because she's not right now. And so you're probably going to have to forewarn those kiddos that mom isn't safe. And so she's not going to be coming to visit. We're doing everything we can to get her where she's going to be safe and clean and of right mind so that she can come back. And Wayne, you're going to need support to be able to do what we're saying. Would you tell us, where is your wife in all of this? You know, uh, she has threatened, we have threatened to take the kids, you know, about her addiction. And she has told my wife, that it's just, well, you take a bullet and put it in my head if you take my kids. Mm-hmm. So I think that's been our hesitation that, you know, will she commit suicide if we take them? Is she there? You know, that's that's been our hesitation. You okay. Know. Can I just say something, Wayne? You cannot sure, sure. let, you cannot let a person prevent you from doing the right thing with the threat of suicide. It literally is the ultimate, ultimate manipulation. And you don't want to trigger something, but you also don't want to do nothing because she might kill herself. I got you. It just, it is such a hard thing to, it's it's a fine line, it's tough to deal with. because while you do nothing, she is killing herself she slowly, sure mm-hmm. drink by drink, and with whatever she's using. She is dying if she continues on this path. Well, she's the rock of bones. She is just oh. anorexic. I mean, she is, she is thin as nothing. She, I know she has lost. She's a thin person anyway. I know she has lost 100 pounds. And she maybe was... I don't know, she seemed like she said mm-hmm. about 80 pounds. Oh. Okay, so you know what the research shows? When, let's say, like there's a, a divorce, it's better, like, we'll use the typical deadbeat dad. It's, it's actually healthier if he goes away and doesn't come back intermittently and disturb everything, and then all the kids' hopes come up. If he just was not there at all. They could adjust better than he comes back and says, oh, I love you, I'm going to come back yeah. again, and he doesn't show up. It just makes sense. So really, right. this kind of involvement that she has in in their lives, it's really hurtful, so hurtful. Right. Right. And, and, right. and Wayne, as you do this process, as you're brave to do this process, you're probably going to hear a lot more of those things. And, and here's an acronym I want you to remember. I didn't come up with it, so I don't know who did. 
but the acronym is FOG, and it stands for Fear, Obligation, and Guilt. And people use those three things to manipulate. And when you can be able to assign the statements that they're saying to like, oh, yeah, that's fear. Oh, that's, that's obligation. Oh, yeah, they're trying to guilt me. It starts to take the power of it over you because you start to be able to see the pattern that's happening. But you can't operate from uh, a stance of fear. You have to operate from a stance of love. And and that's how Jesus did it. But, and, and don't assume that the threat of suicide is an empty mm-hmm. threat. She may very well be right. suicidal. So right. take it seriously to call the police, to call yeah. the, the pet team, mm-hmm. the psychiatric team, to get intervention for her. And that is, what if she's actively suicidal, that is one of the reasons that the, the police, the mm-hmm. medical team, can do an involuntary hospitalization, even if she's not willing to go. But if she's making that threat, they can then get her safe and get her into the treatment and, and system. And that actually may be the intervention that she yeah. needs needs to start the turnaround of this process and they understand when you say okay we have to do something about these children that are really getting hurt but she says if we do that she's going to kill herself so we need her taken care of Mm -hmm. she needs to be in a facility then we can deal with the kids the way we need to deal with them that might be the path all right i hope something we've said is helpful i'm going to send you every man's bible just to say thank you i want to send you um take your life back also and i'll give you a life recovery bible to give to her give her that life recovery bible and um four million of the over four million of those out there and they've helped a lot of people and i hope it'll help her and i'm so glad that you called you know my acronym mark is ear e-a-r <laughs> i don't know if you ever heard it i haven't i'd love to know though i've got okay. my pen ready evaluate Act, review. I love it. So, look at the situation. How's it going? Oh, nothing's happened here. Well, we better do something different. Let's act. And then, let's review what happened here. We weren't doing anything. Now we did something. That's painful. But we're making progress. So that's why I say keep your ear to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So maybe that wasn't so profound. But anyway, it it is helpful to listen with your ear. And also to evaluate how things are going. Hey, um, it is important that you understand there are answers to your problem. That whatever you're going through, you are not the first person to ever experience this. And you're not going to be the last person that ever, if you get help, gets better and sees life from a totally different perspective. But you you have to do something. You know there's a problem. You want it to be better. But if you're not willing to do whatever that excuse is, you got to get rid of that excuse, that thing. Maybe it's a prediction of what would happen. Or, or maybe it's just I, I just can't trust or whatever. You have to get beyond that fatal excuse that's standing between you, a different way of living, and a different relationship with God. Please. Please do whatever it takes to get to that point. When we can't do something on our own, God brings people to us that can help us do it. One of the things is every man's battle, and that's December 1, 2, and 3. Lose it for life, January 27th. And intimacy and marriage, February 16th, 17th, and 18th. If you help us, we'll send you Henry Cloud's book, Trust. And boy, do we ever need your help here at year end. Please consider that greatly. 
You know, I was uh, talking to somebody about this old saying of don't be leaning up against your shovel asking God to dig the hole. You ever heard that? <laughs> no. You guys ever heard that? Uh-uh. Isn't that a good analogy? Uh-huh. Don't do that. Well, I mentioned that 11th step earlier. Rather than leaning up against your shovel and asking God to dig the hole, or you dig the hole, it seems responsible. Why don't you ask God, is this the hole I ought to be digging? Maybe than digging a hole, I ought to be building my home. 1-800-NEW-LIFE if you need something. Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.